time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Ich bin ein Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. American people, I think, is good people. They are. They have not to judge with the guilty. Welcome back to the cold war, motherfuckers. Yeah. What, what? Recording well. this on the sixteenth of July in Australia, mm. uh, two thousand and twenty-one, the seventy-sixth anniversary, right, of the Trinity test. Oh, really? Good one. Seventy-six years ago today. Yeah. America yeah. went boom, made boom, boom with uh, the big bomb for the first time. Yes, yes. And, and uh, this show started. <laughs> exactly. Because it feels that. like we've been doing the show 76 years as well. Right, referring it does. To it. Yeah. It does. But we keep switching it out, keep it fresh, keep, pop, keep it popping. Yeah, well, so I'm, okay. I'm having fun. You having fun? Yes. We're, we're going to be talking about Americans being obliterated. So what's not fun? And I and to support that, I've got my American uh, socks on. So uh, <laughs> he does indeed. I don't, I don't know how much more patriotic uh, I can get. Anyway, I wish you could see that uh, on video, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'll put the a picture of, on. Uh, the title of this episode. Yeah, you do that. The title yes. of this episode is Yanks versus Tanks. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> well, I can not, reverse not, it. Tanks versus Yanks. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The outcome's better? still the same, but yeah, yeah. yeah. We get Yanks first billing. That's all I care about. Versus Yanks. tanks. Yeah, kicking yeah. ass. I like that. Actually, it's pretty good. Is that Barry and Stan? I think or it was. was that camp? Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, a little bit of a little bit of both. The first U.S. troops to engage the North Koreans was Task Force Smith. Good name. Not exactly, you know, uh, Operation Hailstorm or Operation right. Blunderbuss or, you know, uh, Operation <laughs> Devastation. Just uh, right. Dick Swing uh, just Task Force, Task Force Smith. Uh, Smith. What's the most generic yeah. name we can come up with? Task right. Force Smith. Right. And to be honest, you know, it was pretty fitting for the. Uh, Generic job that they did. Right. <laughs> Although yes. I wouldn't want to be them, and to be fair, under the circumstances, they did the best that could be hoped for. It was named after their commander, Charles Bradford Smith, mm-hmm. and it's known as the Battle of Osan, the first yes. U.S. ground action of yeah. the war. And what it really demonstrated, what everyone should have taken away from this, yeah, was that the American forces were not really prepared for this at all. Uh, right. But right. Uh, I think everyone kind of knew that. Yeah, they were like, listen, uh, yeah. just get out there and it's like your, your wife best. says to you every night in the bedroom, well, once a not, month in the bedroom. Night. Thank you. Listen, Thank I know you. you're not prepared for this, pressure. but uh, right. just, just get out. I know you don't have the necessary equipment to get the job done, <laughs> but just get out there. And yeah. do, do the best you can, you know, do the yes. best you can yeah. with the limited yeah. weaponry that you have, right. really. And, and, and not, uh, and not, and later, and later, right. later, right. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. pretend that it went okay. We'll, we'll tell everyone that it's do, it's going great. That's all I but ask. But we I will ask. know, we will know. Yeah, deep down. We just won't, we just won't tell anyone yeah. that it was a complete clusterfuck right. and shamozzle right. disaster. Yeah, um, the Smith, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, like you said, uh, Charles Bedford Smith, he and his men, we'll get into all this in just a second. Um, not not the right equipment, not the right training, not the right troops, not enough experience. We're going to go into all this, but but you're right. I think there was a certain amount of, and you mentioned this on the last episode, when you use a term like gooks, they're not quite human. They're not quite normal. So even though you are not ready at all for what's coming it should still be. It should still work out because you are Americans and they're not, or you are white because they're not. It, it's it's going to be okay. But Smith is not unlike yourself. You've got a team, and let's face it, the other part of the team ain't that great, and yet you're still expected to accomplish something. And you wonder why week in and week out, it's just not as good as it could be. Uh, you mm. know why? 
But mm. whereas mm. you don't hesitate to say it, kind of hurtful, but you're right. I think the Americans <laughs> were like, let's just, we're just going to do this. We're going to mm. do this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Smith had about 540 infantry, had an artillery battery, and was moved to Osan, which is about 35 kilometres or 22 miles south of Seoul. Obviously, the North Koreans had already been through Seoul like uh, a hot curry. And uh, I've done a little bit of a map that I'll put up in the show notes if people want to follow the action on the map. I also posted like a... An old timey one out of the New York Times on our Facebook like page the other day, yeah. but the, the Google map Maps too. one I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, well, good, good yeah. work. The yeah. uh, Google Maps one I did is a bit easier to follow, I think, a bit more modern. But they were ordered to fight as a rear guard to try to delay the mm-hmm. North Koreans while more U.S. troops were being shipped in to form a stronger defensive line to the south. Um, the the commander above Smith was Brigadier General John Church. We've talked about him before. He told them their mission was to provide moral support to the Koreans and then said to Smith, look, all we need is some men up there who won't run when they see tanks. So Smith, Smith, he said, do you understand? Smith goes, right, my job is to run when I see tanks. No, no, Smith, listen, your job is to not run when you see tanks. When I see exactly. the tanks, I should run. No, 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 no. just You're listen, Smith. You're getting closer. <laughs> We're getting. Right. <laughs> you got the words and, run and tank. Mm, mm. I just put no, don't run in front mm, of it. Mm. Golden. And, yeah. and as it turns out, Smith, to his credit, didn't run when he saw the tanks. Right. He waited 10 seconds, then he ran. Yeah. But, you know, that 10 but, seconds oh, bought, bought them a huge amount of time. He didn't, Church didn't say how long. Yeah, he, he, he needed to provide moral support. He didn't give him a Specificity. time. Yes. Specificity. <laughs> Devil's in the details of these things. <laughs> when you're giving orders, as right, I've learned I with find. you over the years. Yeah. Oh, if you don't, if you don't spell it out, baby, <laughs> it ain't happening. Come on, come I've on. I've told you, just go up to page fifty-five. <laughs> That's right. And then found out on the day you used the wrong book. You did go up to right. page fifty-five. Yes, mission accomplished. With, a completely Banner. random book that you found yeah. lying on the street somewhere, and you were yes. like, "Well, you didn't yeah. tell me which book I." So whose fault is it? Yours? Yep, mine or mine? That's, I, I I've learned. Can, I've learned. Can I, I give me and John Church exactly. and I both learned? The hard <laughs> can I give way. a direct? Exactly. Can I give a direct quote that went from like you were talking about the divisional commander, the twenty fourth divisional commander, General Dean to Colonel Smith of Task Force Smith? He says, "When you get to Puzan." which is on the southeast corner of the peninsula, head for Taejeon, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. We want to stop the North Koreans as far from Puzan as we can. Block the main road as far north as possible. Make contact with General Church. But if you can't find him, go to Taejeon and beyond if you can. Sorry I can't give you more information. That's all I've got. Good luck and God bless you and your men. <laughs> Not exactly orders how to win a battle, but they threw in God, right. so... It's going to yeah. be okay. It's going to be okay. Just go over there and do do something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, good old Dougie Mack, Douglas MacArthur, Supreme <laughs> Commander, obviously, of the American forces, would later say yes. that he intended the task force, Task Force Smith, to deliver an arrogant display of strength. Oh, missed it. <laughs> By that By much. By that much. <laughs> <laughs> that much. According uh, to just, a report. Yeah. Mm, go ahead. According I'm to sorry, a report. Please. In the uh, July 5th edition of the Spokane Chronicle nice. that I uh, dug up on newspapers.com from a reporter who was on the scene, yeah, the command post was in a squalid little Korean farmhouse. Several officers and men huddled under the porch out of the rain eating breakfast from a thermos container. Mm. In a corner of the farmyard, five white chickens in a coop clucked and complained dismally. Not sure if it was about the rain or the Americans. The senior officer unfolded, (laughs) trying to come say, we're not gooks, we're chickens. We're gooks, chickens, but why do they keep calling us gooks? We're chickens. Like, they can't tell the difference between Chinese, Koreans, Japanese, Vietnamese, and chickens, apparently. They just lump us all in together. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. speciesist and racist. (laughs) 
The senior officer unfolded a crackling map on the porch floor and pointed to the breakthrough area. Right. This is the first time North Koreans have met American troops, and I think they're going to get quite a shock out of it, he declared. We must find those tanks and knock the hell out of them. Clutching a grease gun, submachine gun in one hand and a pipe in another... I wonder if it was like a corncob pipe, like Dougie Mac. I wonder if Dougie mm. Mac was handing him out to the officers. Get no, this he, in liked, you. he liked to stand out. Uh, I'm sure yeah, it was yeah, something he did. different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He mine. gave them a sh- he gave them like a cheaper, shittier one. Right. Even though his was pretty cheap and shitty. I've been to the website and thought yeah. about buying one. The officer oh. declared bazooka squads ordered out to hunt and kill the tanks. Right. Now, the interesting thing is the report in the July 5th edition of the Spokane Chronicle, ends there. And I'm like, gee, I wonder how it went. Sounds pretty good. It must have been fine. They would have told us if it hadn't (laughs) been. Right? I'm like waving the red, white, and blue when I read that. Yeah, you go. Knock the hell out of them. Gee, I wonder what what happened next. Can I can I just just real quick because we were saying that since the end of World War Two and and at the, before the start of the Korean War, Truman uh, as his his job was cutting the military budget over the years. There's a difference between cut and slashing. He was slashing the hell out of it. And just real quick, I just want to give you what Task Force Task Force Smith is dealing with. So normally, uh, division has three regiments, and in those regiments is supposed to be. Uh, three battalions. Uh, Task Force Smith is one battalion within a regiment, within a division, and they're somehow supposed to go and stop the North Koreans, which, if I remember correctly, were coming down with 10 divisions and T-34 tanks, some of the best tanks in the world. But yeah, again, they're not supposed to win. They're just supposed to delay, but it's still a suicide mission. So so Task Force Smith has got two... um, companies of infantry. They should have had three. Uh, They've got very obsolete, old, uh, and not enough uh, artillery units, which will affect the the battle that's coming up. When it comes to the high-explosive anti-tank shells they have, they have exactly six of those. So if the North Koreans could attack with no more than six tanks, we would really appreciate that. Most of the people in Task Force Smith, uh, Smith sorry, were teenagers with no combat experience. They just signed up, good pay, you get to hang out in Japan. Because let's face it, if you're occupying a country and those people have no weapons, you don't really need a tough army. And let's see here, one third of the officers had combat experience and only one in six of the troops had combat experience. Uh, combat experience. The troops had 120 rounds of ammo, which I pretty much use up in 10 minutes of a paintball gun, and they had two days of sea rations. So again, ill-equipped, unprepared, completely um, not ready for this. Even the officers are going to freak out at this, and this is the force that was supposed to uh, to somehow stop, or at least delay the the North Koreans. But here's the one part. When um, General Dean was looking around, the 24th Division, he decided that these guys were the best, the most combat ready out of all of his division. So that's why they go, they are the best that he's got. So they literally put them in planes and fly them over. Everybody else is going to come over in ships. It takes a while to do that. And they're going to land in Pusan. He's like, look, you're the best I got. Fly over there and handle this. And like you said, they, they they, uh, they land, they drive, they set up their line, and now they're waiting for the North Koreans to come to them. He actually uh, he, he he wrote a song. Oh, thank God! Thank for God. them. Uh, it was uh, the chorus of it. Anyway, was uh, you're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's ever gonna keep you. It just kept going yeah. on with that. That's all you need. Uh, just on a loop. Yeah, uh, just on a loop. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, most of the most of the soldiers in Task Force Smith were teenagers. Uh, they had zero combat experience. They'd had eight weeks of basic training. Yes, eight. Only a third of the officers in Task Force Smith had any combat experience from World War Two. Yeah, and only one in six enlisted soldiers had any combat experience. No anti tank guns or anti tank weapons or effective anti tank exactly. weapons. 
exactly. couple of couple of old uh, rocket launchers, couple yep. of rifles, um, and no tanks. Now, huh. now or or anti tank mines. Right. They uh, now Are those they, they 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 did have some. Right. In Japan, the U.S. Army did have this stuff. Did you bring that bag of anti-tank mines, Cam? I remember oh, I told you to I pick thought, it up on the way. Oh, I did thought you? you said you were picking. Oh, fuck. Well, them. Uh, no. So should we have checked that? Is that important? <laughs> Is there a list? I need you to. I need you to go tell Lieutenant Colonel Smith, who's in charge of this task force, that someone else. Not you or me. Forgot the bag of anti-tank landmines. So yeah, I'll yeah. see you later. Let's blame it on Harris. <laughs> just blame it. On, let's just blame it on Harris. Fucking Harris. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Harris. <laughs> yeah, they left. They left their anti-tank mines Is on the tarmac. Oh. In Japan. So it was close. It was close. It was right yeah, there. It was close. Yeah. yeah we're just gonna. We're just gonna pop back over. Sure. And we'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Right. I promise. Pro- I'll probably get some look, sake and a massage. Go ahead. Yeah. Who, who hasn't done that <laughs> before? Egg on my it's, face. It, I just watched, uh, uh, rewatched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last right. night. Right. Oh, good. Have you? Uh, uh, and there's that scene towards the end when the uh, Manson kids are going into to kill and rape and do the devil's work. Right. And um, Uma Thurman's daughter, as they're walking up the, the 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 driveway, Uma Thurman's daughter goes, "Oh." Shit, I left my knife in the car. I'll just go back and get it. I hate that. And then Tex says, well, I locked it, and he throws her the keys. She goes, oh, great, thanks, and she gets to the car and takes off. That's what, that's what, that was based on this. These guys were like, deliberately left their anti-tank mines in Japan. Oh, we're just going to... We're just going to pop back to Japan yeah. and get yeah. the anti-tank mine. We'll be right back. You don't worry about it. Just start don't, me. don't go anywhere. No, go ahead well, and start you without can me. If you want to. Yeah. You start without me. We'll be, we'll be right. You won't even you, notice we're gone. Right. <laughs> it's a half hour flight. We'll be, be right, right back. back. Yes. Now, again, about that massage stop for a bubble tea. Exactly. Won't even stop for a bubble tea. Exactly. I promise you. Exactly. So um, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Now, yeah. as you said, the North Korean tank column was equipped with ex-Soviet T-34 slash 85 tanks. Mm-hmm. And on July 5th, 1950, they start uh, heading for Task Force Smith. Yeah. The Americans fired rockets at the tanks, which uh, bounced off and made this noise. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the guys inside of the tank went, did you? Was that a bug? Did you, did hear, you something? hear something? Is that, is that, what? What was that? No, what was that? I, uh, did you fart? Just ignore it. Just, did you fart? just keep Calm. going. That's not funny. We're in a small tank. Come on now. Be a team player. Yeah. 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 So, so the artillery at 816 in the morning, they're one mile behind the American line. They fire off. The tanks are about two kilometers or 1.2 miles away. And they hit it several times with a 105 millimeter howitzer rounds like you did. Bing. Bing. So the Americans are like, oh shit, these are our biggest guns. What? Except for the high uh, explosive anti-tank weapons we have, and we've only got six shells of those. So let's, let's save those for a couple minutes. But right now the Americans already know this is going to go bad for them. Yeah, now the Americans were just lucky that the North Koreans didn't send in the T-800s. They only got the T-34s. I mean, uh, the the T-800s. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Well, the the T-800s were still being designed by Stalin and his finest mind. I saw this great TikTok the other day. It was uh, a guy giving a PowerPoint presentation on the T-800. Right. And uh, a guy in the audience is like, let me. I, 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 I just. I have a question. Um, you, you. Why are we designing the T eight hundreds to look like humans again? And the guy at the PowerPoint goes, "Well, it's obvious. Uh, right. We want them to go back to the nineteen eighties and infiltrate the humans. Yeah. So they need to be in disguise. They can't just look like a robot." He goes, "But well, if that's the case, why did we build it to look like?" Uh, like a robot-like human. If you right. wanted it to infiltrate the humans, why wouldn't you make it look like some sort of a dweeby guy? Yeah. Why is it? Tech. Why does he look like, like a fucking human tank? 
then, and, and, and the person goes, well, because it's badass. That's why. Like, that's right. Style. Obviously, you it's understand. badass. That's right. why we did it. He goes, well, um, I've got another question. Yeah, yeah. If he, where's he going in the mid-80s? Right. To Austria? No, no, yeah. he's going to uh, America. <laughs> well, why did you give him an Austrian accent then? Like, how is he going to right. fit in? If he looks like a human tank, he's got an Australian. He goes, well, because it's badass. Like, it's, what it's are you not herring. understanding about this, Kevin? Yeah. Where's your sense of style? Get the <laughs> yeah. fuck out. Get the- Stalin wanted the Austrian Jesus accent. Christ, Kevin. Yeah. You're embarrassing us again. This is not the first time in the staff meetings you've embarrassed us. Get the fuck out. If you're going to do it, do it with some panache. Um, yeah. Since I've worked so, for yes. I- Yeah, go ahead. So they bounced off. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, uh, bombs, the yeah. warheads that they're, yes. they're shooting at them. The North Koreans basically just ignored them, ignored the roadblock, yeah. and uh, continued on down the road like uh, the Muppets. Right. Get on it, down, get on down, down the, road. the road. If I could give a couple of details, just because I did work hard, I did work up to page 55 in the wrong book. Uh, I admit yeah. that, but if I can give, so, mm. so they shoot at the tanks the first time. And like you said, it just bounces off. Now the tanks are about 700 meters or about 2,300 feet away from the American line. So now the 75 millimeter recoilless rifles start firing and they're scoring direct hits right on these, on the lead tank. Now for these guns, the warhead is shaped a certain way to focus and project the explosion and in theory, these expl- these explosive warheads should be able to penetrate 100 millimeters, if I'm doing this right, because I'm an American, I don't know, of armor. But again, no damage. The tanks are going on. They're, as far as I know, they're not even returning fire. They're just going on. And this is the, this is the most insulting part as an American. They don't even know there's Americans in the hills because there's like a one and a half mile line of Americans. They just think it's other South Korean troops who are completely inadequately prepared for this battle. So they just keep on driving on. And then the tanks get past the American, like like you said, and the Americans are like, aha, this is it. This is our perfect opportunity because you don't need to know anything about tanks except for in the back is where their armor is its thinnest because you protect yourself with your turret, with your gun. So the Americans fire 22 2.36-inch rockets from a bazooka, which is a uh, portable, recoilless, anti-tank rocket launcher. So they're like, I'm 15 yards away. One, I can't mess, miss. Two, this is going to blow the hell out of it. They fire 22 of these shells. Not a scratch. The tank just goes on, and it's the thinnest part of the tank, and they're just chugging on down the road. They're still undamaged. So the Americans are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? And then the heat rockets are launched. They are able to set one tank on fire. That's, that's sorry, further on down yeah, the road. Then I'll they stop. Come across yeah, an, yeah, I'll, I'll they stop. They come across some more troops that have howitzers. Yes, loaded with these heat rounds, high-explosive right. anti-tank rounds, heat. Yes. But they yeah. only had six of them. Yes. Can you... Oh, 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 six. No, I was going to do a count uh, joke, but anyway. But yeah, they have six of them. So they're able to damage a little bit two tanks, and they set one on fire. Um, here's the thing. The uh, colonel of the artillery sees an opportunity goes look we 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 were lucky to even damage this tank to set it on fire i know i'll run up with my gun and i'll coerce the crew to jumping out and surrendering so he gets up there um the crew comes out but they come out shooting the colonel is shot in the leg so that's not going to work so even though because these guys are tough veterans uh uh, from the war, from the Civil War, uh, excuse me, from World War II. So, so even that's not working out for the Americans. So w- finally, one of the 105 millimeter shells hits the tank in its tracks, the, the things that helps propel the, the uh, tank. And so they finally get one tank to stop. They didn't destroy the tank. It's still operational. It's just one of its tracks is messed up. That was as far as the Americans were able to get as far as inflicting damage on this one small part of the massive North Korean army that's been pouring south for days. I read that one of the crew members of the burning tank (laughs) came out of the top of the tank and killed an American member of the machine gun crew before he was killed himself. Right. And that American became the first American casualty of the Korean War ground combat. His name was Robert Polson. 
It's a Fight Club reference. You're supposed to then oh, say his sorry. name was Robert Paulson. We all say his name was Robert Paulson. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I was like, that didn't sound. That didn't sound right. That didn't sound right. Yeah, but the, the first of many Americans uh, that are going to be killed over the next three years. So um, uh, let me. So let me do. So that. So the first group of tanks goes by the American line. They are completely unable to stop them. And remember, their orders were: Look, we know you're not going to win. Just slow them down. Give us a couple of hours. Give us a half day. Maybe if you're really lucky, give us a day so we can set up far to the south because uh, the other parts of the 24th Infantry Division are coming in. But then a second column of T-34 tanks show up, and there's 25 of them this time, and they come with, within an hour. So the Americans know the best that they can do is shoot at the tanks' tracks. Maybe you can get the tracks to go offline, and so the tanks will, will be stuck there. So that's, that's the best they can do. Um, as the tanks are coming on, a few of them are, are damaged, but they start shooting at the Americans' vehicles that they had left, they, they had left further south near the artillery. So now the Americans are going to have trouble retreating. Also, one of the um, five remaining 105-millimeter guns is damaged. So the Americans are, are running out of options fast. They're running out of their, their weapons fast. Not that they can do anything against these tanks. So around 11 a.m., remember, this is all happening early in the morning. Around 11 a.m., three more tanks show up, and they're approaching the American line. Doesn't sound like too bad for the Americans. But behind those three tanks are six miles of trucks carrying two full infantry regiments. And remember, Task Force Smith is one battalion. That's one third of a regiment. And now two full regiments are coming at them in trucks. So they're motorized and they've got three tanks supporting them. So uh, now what the hell are they going to do? So the only good news for the Americans is that apparently the North Korean infantry were not in direct contact with the tanks that had already passed by. So the infantry that's coming up, they don't even know that the Americans are there. So this is Colonel uh, Smith's opportunity. So 11.45 a.m., as the truck column gets about 1,000 yards or 910 meters towards the American line, Colonel Smith tells everybody, when I say now, you all open up fire on those trucks. You light them up. And that's exactly what they do. Mortars, machine guns, artillery, the infantry's rifles, they commence firing and they're able to actually take out several of the trucks. The rest of the trucks, remember there's hundreds of trucks, they scatter in all different directions, but they have those T-34 tanks. Even though it's only three of them, those are still in the area. So they start approaching the American line. And that's when the Americans are really starting to freak out. And while the tanks engage, because the North Koreans are, are veterans. They've already practiced this stuff. They know exactly what they're doing. As the three tanks engage the American line, about a thousand North Koreans try to swing to the east or to the right of the American lines, but the Americans are ready for that and they hold them back. Uh, and now because that's been checked, Smith thinks he has the initiative. So he orders his artillery to open up on the enemy infantry. I can't do anything about the tanks, but I can kill as many infantry as I possibly can. So he sends runners or messages because his wires have been cut. He sends runners back to the artillery. He says, take out as many trucks as you can because it's, it's full of infantry troops. His runners, for whatever reason, never make it. Whether they're killed or they get lost or they panic and they just keep on running, they never make it. So the artillery never fires at the tanks. And so because Colonel Smith doesn't hear the artillery, he's like, oh, my God, when those tanks went by us, when they went by us earlier, they must have wiped out all of my artillery pieces. So now he's really freaking out. And again, even though the... Um, the North Korean to the right flank did not work. They send another one to the left. And this one, the Americans can't stop. So the Koreans are starting to get to their sides. They're going to get behind them. The Americans are, are uh, about to be surrounded. It is time for Task Force Smith to back up and um, get the hell out of there as fast as they can, even though a lot of their vehicles have been destroyed at this point. And as they're running away, the uh, North Koreans start firing their mortar, their artillery at the Americans, and now Task Force Smith is taking a lot of casualties as they try to get the heck out of there. So Task Force Smith gets the heck out of there. At first, it's an organized, orderly retreat, but as the tanks and the infantry, the enemy starts coming closer, it's a breakdown and they start taking off. But one platoon of B Company on the left-hand side, they don't get the orders to retreat, so eventually they start looking around going, I, I think we're the only ones here. 
What about you? And so they're they, still there to this <laughs> very day. So they take off, but because they have wounded, the people in the litters have to stay behind because they're not physically able to run or walk. And one medic stays with them. They, of course, are captured by the North Koreans. Um, all of those men who were wounded was, were killed, and the medic is never seen again. I'm assuming the North Koreans used him because of his skill. I have no idea. But later on, and, th- and this is just to give you an idea of how personal this fighting gets. Later on, there's going to be a big allied push where they're going to go back north and they're going to cover this area again. They're going to find shallow graves of American troops. And some of these troops were in that. And all of them were shot in the back of the head and they had communication wires. Those wires that were cut earlier that that Smith needed, they had those used uh, to tie their hands behind their back and they were shot in the back of the head. So when the Americans and others come upon this, they're like, okay, Uh, Geneva Convention, fuck that. It is now time for some payback. So this war is getting pretty ugly. And I wanted to ask you about this, Cam, because we just did Boudicca's Rebellion and the Life of uh, Nero series. And the English, for whatever reason, uh, I think we covered it pretty well, they don't want or need uh, prisoners of war. It's so much of a headache. You got to feed them. You got to guard them, yada, yada. The North Koreans pretty much decide the same thing. And I can't help but think... Yes, you're winning here, and you're winning now, and maybe if you're lucky, you can take the entire peninsula, but these few guys that you're fighting, they're nothing more than 0.100000% or whatever of the American or the Western Hemisphere population. You know, no matter how well you do, people are going to, there's going to be a lot bigger army coming back, and they're going to want revenge, and when they find out you slaughtered all these men... It's going it's to get ugly. I wonder what the North Koreans were thinking. Uh, I, would you consider that a, a good move on, your, on their part, or is it pretty much just war is all hell, and you're the one stopping us from, from running our own country, and you deserve what you get? Because you know the Americans or whoever is going to be back. Yeah, well, of course, the Geneva Conventions were only ratified in 1949, mm-hmm. and North Korea wasn't one of the Assign- signatories right. to the G- to yeah. the Geneva Conventions. So, Good point. you know, they yeah. didn't have to abide by it. They hadn't signed it. They weren't even recognised by the West oh. as a country at Good that point. point. So, yeah. you know. But it's amazing how Americans go like, I signed this, and even though you didn't sign it, I expect you to follow it, because that's kind of how with the arrogance we operate. But anyway, uh, it's it's going to get ugly. The Americans didn't follow it. The South Koreans didn't follow it. The Americans didn't follow it then or mm. in Vietnam or any time, really. So we I didn't? Don't, uh, I assume we're the, white, the good guys in the white hats, but I almost said white guys. <laughs> I joke. So Task Force Smith uh, suffered 60 dead. Out of, this is out of the 540 we mentioned before. 60 dead, 21 wounded, 82 captured, of Damn. whom 32 more died in captivity. Yeah. So there was about, the casualty account was about, count was about 40% of Task Force right. Smith. Um, Now, I mean, I want to point out, I'm not making fun of them. Like, it was a fucked up situation that they were thrown into. As you said, the odds were well against them. They didn't have the equipment. It was basically a suicide squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the new ver- it was them and Margot Kidder, basically, <laughs> as the bat. suicide squad <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah, uh, they probably would have done a lot better if Margot Kidder had been there uh, with her baseball bat or her uh, mallet, oversized probably. mallet. Probably not yeah. a great start for the yeah. Americans and Dougie Mack right. in uh, Korea. But shortly after the battle, Life magazine ran a photo of an American soldier's dead corpse Mm-mm. and blamed Truman for not spending enough on defence. Oh, now. That's not something you're going to see in the media these days. That's over. Remember back in the uh, early years of Iraq and Afghanistan, they didn't even allow coffins to be shown arriving on American TV. Massive control over the media so as not to uh, let the people back home think too much about the cost of the war to Mm -hmm. Americans, let alone you never see the dead bodies of the other side Right. Uh, you know, it's you, you don't want people thinking about that kind of stuff. It might mm-hmm. uh, they might start to decide that they don't want to they don't want their countries to be involved in it. 
Everyone agreed, as General Matthew Ridgway said at the time, that army readiness before the Korean War was shameful. Right. But, as you said before, they had decided that Task Force for Smith was ready, not only ready, but his outfit, 1st Battalion, 21st Infantry Regiment, had received the highest readiness score yeah. of any unit we can do in this. Japan... Right. on its battalion tactical test in March 1950. So how do you make sense of that, Ray? Uh, one, I don't know who grades these things, but you, I would think you lose points if you have weapons that are anti-tank that are at least five years old. Um, technology never stops. Technology did not stop in 1945 when World War II was over. And two, the idiot who left the bag of anti-tank uh, mines on the tarmac also loses uh, points um, for the for the task forces there. Um, I can't imagine how they got such a high score, and and I would argue that they did not get a high score when it comes to combat readiness. It was the highest of the division, which tells you you and I could have probably taken one of the other regiments. Let's be honest with our paintball guns. So um, so It'd be like fu- <laughs> stripes. We'd be like Bill Murray in stripes. <laughs> That's John, the fact, you, Jack. <laughs> you're 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 John Candy. Yeah, and I'm Bill hurtful, Murray. Yeah. But uh, yeah. okay, yeah. No, but they they were completely five years of peace, of living in Japan, of taking it easy. The Japanese not giving you any trouble. I mean, they were as soft as a podcaster's penis. Let's be honest. And they had no business going to war, but because it was such an emergency, they were the closest forces to hand. That's what you do. Well, Smith himself would later say, and he survived, by the way, surprisingly, and maybe perhaps slightly embarrassingly, he would later say that the training regime was almost non-existent. Oh, that's bad. And that claims that he conducted useful live fire training were hogwash. Yes. So uh, it seems, from his own accounts and the research that's been done since then... Yeah that the training they were getting in Japan was bullshit. It was fake training. And according to a couple of, like, reports I read by American military guys and military Mm -hmm. historians, they were the first, among the first representatives of the Army's long tradition of recording training that has never occurred. Yes. Yes. Achieving what they call paper readiness. And if you've watched The Wire... Right. You know how this works because they talk about it in the police force, really, in the wire as a, as a, it's a similar analogy. Mm, right. But it's about the top bosses create incentives for the managers underneath them. If they want to get their bonuses, they need to hit certain targets. Right. And that those managers create incentives for their underlings to get the yes. targets so they can get their bonuses. And so at the end of the day, everyone's just manipulating the data to to get the uh, duke and the stats is what they call it in uh, The Wire. Everyone's duke and the stats. They're just making stuff up or moving numbers around Mm -hmm. to make it look good so they get their bonus or their promotion or whatever it is or just keep their job in some cases. But things aren't really getting done. Right. Yeah, and, and, and David Simon's uh, The Wire, he basically tries to suggest, I think, that that's part of the problem with America, generally speaking today. Mm-hmm. You know, American corporations and businesses and governments and the police and the army and everything is that people are duking the stats everywhere. Yeah. It's become endemic that your, your incentives are yeah. easily faked or right. to, to achieve your incentives, you're faking the data. And okay. so uh, okay. not only does stuff not get done, but the most important things aren't get done. Like the analogy he uses in The Wire is the police in Baltimore are getting uh, rewarded for corner busts. Right. Uh, busting kids on the corner selling, yeah. uh, you know, packets of dope or ecstasy or weed or whatever, yeah. crack, meth. Small time. Um but they're not going after the bosses. They're not going after the corrupt politicians that are supporting the bosses. Right. Uh, because that's hard. It takes a long time. takes a lot of investment. It's, it's politically politics. messy. Exactly. It's, yeah. 
So, uh, uh, yeah. and you're going to take years to do it. You don't get any headlines for doing that. Uh, and, you know, if you're going after the big, like the political bosses, then mm-hmm. the chief of police is probably going to lose his job, right. et cetera, et cetera. Didn't so yeah. you, you go after the low-level stuff yeah. that's easy to do but and gets headlines but isn't really taking care of the, the root issue. And it's right. like the war on drugs all over, right? We've, we've yeah. been talking okay. about this on our shows for years. Yes. Cops, cops, you know, getting a lot of media for drug busts. Mm-hmm. But is anyone really addressing the core issue? No. No one yeah. wants to address the core issue because... Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean the fact that people just want to use drugs, so leave them the fuck alone right. yeah. and uh, make it easy for them to get drugs and safe drugs. And uh, <laughs> right. if they have a problem with drugs, give them counselling and medical treatment. And yes. for the people who don't have a problem, let them Move use on. the fucking drugs and yeah. leave the fuck... Get out of it, you know? Take the tax money. Now, clearly the war on drugs is not working because I have no trouble absolutely getting my drugs. So it's a failure as far as I'm concerned. Um, And I just wanted to add real quick. I don't know, man. I've been dry for for two weeks, so half your luck. Yeah, so it's it's all in all who you know. The other reason I was thinking about them not actually training to be ready, bullets... Un, not unlike happy endings, cost money. So if you take your guys out and you shoot up, that costs a lot of money. And how many times do we say that Truman, over the last five years, cut the hell out of the military's budgets? Guns weren't being replaced. Instead of three companies, there were only two, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, one, they're saving money. And two, I guess the guys are supposed to get up there with the guns and go pew, pew, pew. Okay, now, if you had done that in a real-life situation, the guy over there would be dead. So, so it was literally paper readiness, just like you said. And all of that has built up to this moment. You can't really foresee an invade uh, the North Koreans coming because uh, no one expected it. But you always have to be ready. The Americans were not ready. And so now they're dealing with this clusterfuck. Just to give some balance, as far as we know, because it's hard to tell with these numbers, the North Koreans with the Battle of Osan lost 42 dead and about 85 wounded. They lost. They didn't lose tanks per se. The tanks were uh, either damaged or were, I think... Uh, fixable um, if, if they had the uh, the engineers and the parts. So for as far as the North Koreans, not that bad. And how long did this battle last? How long did the Americans achieve um, delaying the North Koreans? Seven hours. You decide if it well, was that's, a victory. It's better than better than 10 seconds, that's I true. said before. <laughs> Which is what... Nobody expects <laughs> the North Koreans. <laughs> Yeah. Our chief so, weapon is surprise, surprise and fear too. Chief weapons, a surprise <laughs> and fear. Yeah. Now I know yeah. you love languages, so the next battle. So so basically, while this was going on, another wait, wait, regiment. Wait, 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 slow, oh, I'm sorry, slow, 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 slow your roll. It's slow. The so uh, after this, the army's new slogan was apparently "No more Task Force Smiths." Oh really? Not not you got to think that's a great career wise if right. uh, your, name your name yeah look don't you ray this I swear to god you better not <laughs> fucking ray this <laughs> Your name becomes the slogan for what not to do in the army Right I think from then on when somebody said well let's call the task force just after you tell you everyone's like ah, no, no please no, no, no just call it no. that's when they came up with operation thunderbird and stuff right. like that because everyone's like no 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 motherfucker yeah no I I don't want my name attached to this motherfucker I don't want to end up like old smithy That's right Oh fuck Yeah he's got that down poor smithy Exactly Yeah exactly so good point good call to give them credit, um, yes. and I want to do this because, you know, I'm sure I'll be accused of uh, taking the piss. Right. Outgunned, outmanned, uh, 10 to 1. Um, they held their ground for yeah. six to seven hours. Yes. Killed 42 North Koreans and wounded 85. Yeah. They took out four tanks. Yeah. With limited weaponry mm-hmm. and retained the majority of their discipline under yes. heavy fire for a number of hours. So you've got to give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. But to counterbalance that, keep in mind that this is the, we're talking about the American infantry, right. the army of the richest and most powerful country on the planet at the time. Yes. Facing off against a team of North Koreans, a poor country that had only recently been rid of the Japanese, and before that they'd been occupied by everybody. Good point. Uh, And old tanks. Yeah. 
yeah, they, they, they had old equipment too, but they're, they're a poor, poverty-stricken country that's mm. fighting to get rid of imperialists because in their minds, that's what was going on here. Right. By the way, speaking of their minds, I worked really, really fucking hard uh, over the last week to try and find some Korean, North Korean sources of the war to use for right. this. And it's very hard. Huh. The best I could end up doing, I mean, I got little bits and pieces, but to find something in English written by North Koreans, for obvious reasons, you know, the North Korea still doesn't have a relationship with the West. Um, there were was, there was some British journalists and an Australian journalist who were with the North Koreans, mm-hmm. communist journalists who were with the North Koreans who oh, wow. reported stuff. Uh, we, I'll get into their stories later on. But it's really hard to get the, you know, the, the, the sources that you get from this are Western sources. Really yes. hard to get a North Korean uh, source on what was going on here. But they were poor. They were fighting to try and kick the imperialists, the Americans, out of their country. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and the, the, the government, the South Korean government, the Syngman Rhee government, that right. is, in their view was the tool of just yet another fucking set of imperialists. Mm-hmm. You know, Dougie Mack had declared that he was in control of the whole country and they'd do whatever the fuck he told them. Right. So, uh, you know, just an imperialist in the in the eyes of, of many Koreans and right. particularly the North Koreans at this stage and I think a lot of South Koreans as well. Um, so, sure, the Americans were outnumbered, but they were also sent there. The, great, the most powerful country in the world mm-hmm. uh, sent them there without weapons and support. So right. it's it's a bad, it's a really bad look for the Americans. Yeah. Heads should roll, now, but they did not. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they didn't roll. The, the commanders, uh, you know, uh, the, the president, the commanders, everyone should have taken a ton of heat for this, but it was all sort of brushed under the carpet at mm-hmm. the time. Right. Because, you know, rah, rah, America, red, white, and blue. Although there was some, there was some shit handed around um, bits and pieces. Um the howitzers they had, I read, had been condemned and were yeah. no longer allowed to fire over friendly troops Jesus. because their condition was that disgraceful. They weren't even supposed to be used, but that's right. what they were given. Yeah. Um, and, and yet Smith and his guys used them to the best of their ability and to their fullest capacity and, and did a small amount of damage. Now... Later on, U.S. Army Major John Garrett did a lot of research into this battle, mm-hmm. Battle of Osan, and he wrote a monograph called Task Force Smith, The Lesson Never Learned. Oh, nice. It's published in the year 2000 by the U.S. Army Command mm-hmm. and the General Staff College's School of Advanced Military Studies. Right. So just so people know, it's not me. It's not just We're not just saying this was a sure. fuck-up. The, right. the U.S. military decided... 50 years later, that this was a colossal fuck-up and that they didn't learn from it. Garrett wrote that the real responsibility for the mission's failure wasn't with Smith or his men, Mm -hmm. but with, quote, senior leaders of the 24th Infantry Division, 8th U.S. Army and higher headquarters who failed to provide the proper operational leadership. Task Force Smith was deployed to the Korean theatre without any concept of how and why it was to be employed. Jeez. Yeah. Those are harsh words. Yes. Now, MacArthur later later had to testify in front of a Senate committee about the Bottle of Osan. Mm -hmm. He said, I threw in troops from the 24th Division in the hope of establishing establishing a loci of resistance around which I could rally the fast-retreating South Korean forces. I also hoped by that arrogant display of strength... I quoted that earlier, to Mm -hmm. fool the enemy into a belief that I had a much greater resource at my disposal than I did. Mm. Uh, According to Garrett and guys that have studied this, it was obviously a completely disastrous gambit that MacArthur played here. Uh, This is a quote. It was reflective of the hubris that convinced experienced general officers that a small force of American warriors could deter entire NKPA tank and infantry regiments. So, you know, it it was, I think, uh, symptomatic and emblematic of American military attitudes then and 
now. You know, we, we, we've mm-hmm. seen this time and time again. This We saw this when you went into Iraq. We saw this when America went into Afghanistan. It's like, oh, America's here. We can just knock this over. Mission accomplished in two weeks, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Uh, you know, and it's we saw it in Vietnam, obviously, probably most famously, where the arrogance and the hubris of mm-hmm. the American military just uh, gets them into hot water time and time again. And Garrett wrote his monograph in 2000, before 9-11, before right. Iraq and Afghanistan, yeah. um, after General Norman Schwarzkopf and Gulf War One, which was probably like the best textbook example of American hubris paying off mm-hmm. was like six days or seven days or whatever that operation right. was. But yeah. it was obviously, you know, uh, uh, that was, you know, a completely uh, one-sided yeah. affair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It, they sent in the fucking but, Death Star to right. deal with the Ewoks, you know. But, and, and Right, sorry, yeah. sorry. No, just generals, uh, and I remember a general saying this after that operation, wars are not meant to be fair. I'm going to bring my best. Hopefully your best isn't very good, and I'm going to wipe you out as fast as I can. That makes it cheaper. That means more of my men come back home safe. So wars aren't meant to be fair. So, yeah, that's how it was supposed to be. But now the t- back in 1950, the tables were turned, um, and the um, the North Koreans were just so much better equipped and led and... Uh, prepared because they had experience. One thing we left out of the battle, and I apologize, during this seven-hour whatever um, delay, it had been raining, uh, and so the Americans couldn't send in air support because there was actually a decent number of uh, of planes and maybe carriers in the area already, but they couldn't come in and help, and so that was negated. So the Americans are Why bombing... Why is that? Plane... Planes don't work. American planes don't work in when the When you rain. get them do wet, they, they don't work. No, that's... Do they, diso- that's do they dissolve? Yeah, I don't know. I guess they couldn't I'm see. I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. I can't see. No, they, they couldn't see anything. But even even at this point, the Americans had already been bombing and strafing, strafing North Korean troops. But do you remember when we said the Americans didn't even bother to learn about North Korean units and commanding officers and their tactics? They didn't respect them enough to do that. Because the, they're gooks. Because they're gooks, yes, thank you. Because the yeah. uh, So the American pilots are doing the best they can, but they have so little information because so little information is being gathered because they don't respect their enemy that the, the Americans are just shooting up and bombing wherever they happen to see something. So that's completely ineffectual well, as well. But that will turn around in August of 1950. But again, they had no air, they had no air cover. No one did during this battle. Well, I think we should wrap up this episode, but, uh, you know, uh, this whole thing about ta- the, the, the lessons learned from Task Force Smith uh, right. are that they really weren't learnt um, during Korea. It's not like, well, this exactly. was the, the, uh, the first action and it was a disaster and they learned from it. Mm-hmm. You know, never you happen often again. hear people say, yeah. insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting <laughs> different results, kind of like our podcasts. Um, <laughs> exactly. Sadly, uh, for right. the Americans, the American yes. troops, ta- the lessons for Task Force Smith in Korea, yes. let alone Vietnam and, and everything that came after it, weren't learned. And right. this was repeated during the Korean War yes. over and over again, as we'll see over the course of the story. Yes. Absolutely. With that, let's tie a knot in this one and uh, we'll be back next time with uh, what happens next an iron curtain has descended across the continent